Good morning, and peace be with you. We have a really beautiful young lady about to be baptized today and join the family of God. And it's so good to see you too, big sister. <laughs> and there's the other big sister. Hi. Did you know I baptized you right here about three years ago? Not you. That was another pastor. But it was here, and your grandma and grandpa and your mommy and daddy brought you here for it. Yeah. And I got to... I did see you visited my house with your sister before she, and you met my doggie, and you met my boys and my wife, and we talked, and you had a good time because we had dragons there. It was right after How to Train Your Dragon, and I think it was midnight. Isn't that the one? The, yeah, and you sure like that stuffed dragon. <laughs> so I'm so happy. It's like a family reunion, isn't it? Will you draw a picture for me during the service? Will you do it? And I'll put it up on my wall. Okay? All right. It is my birthday today on your sister's birthday into the family and body of Christ. Yeah. I, yeah, it is crazy. I'm only 29. God gives good gifts. And this certainly is one of them. So thank you very, very much for bringing your precious one to us today that we might celebrate with you and with her. We have some announcements in the bulletin here that I will invite you to take a look at on your own. Um, and I also wanted to give you a really quick report about Pastor Chris Gallagher uh, and Alice, and they have started their worship services for their new church in Oceanside. And um, we would appreciate uh, and going to give you their address if you could just drop them a note um, in a prayer and let them know that you're thinking about them. And some of the ways that you didn't, wouldn't know, but the church here printed these for Chris and Alice. This is for the Lutheran Church of the Cross in Oceanside, and it is their hymnal. And it's 21 pages. And uh, so uh, these are the ways that we are tangibly helping them. Um, also, we give them a gift offering every month uh, as a church body uh, in, in, in the way of uh, finances. And you can talk all you want. They'd rather hear you than me, probably. Yeah. Why is my hand wet? Oh, we'll explain it a little later, okay? It's kind of a secret right now, though, okay? So this is the ways that you guys are helping. And then we send $100 um, every month in, uh, to them to help offset the costs. His first service, there were 40 people there. Yeah. Um, friends and family, but a lot of acquaintances and people that knew Chris uh, when he owned a surfboard shop and people that he has come across in the surfing industry and surfing competitions. And so they, um, they, they came to honor him. Um, I haven't talked to him uh, to hear the, the reports recently of how things are going, but it is in God's hands and he will cause it to grow and let us pray for him, okay? And I appreciate that. And so without further ado, let us stand and let us sing our opening hymn, which is Morning Has Broken. Mm -hmm. 
come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful to us, will forgive our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, almighty and merciful God, it is by your grace that we live as your people who offer acceptable service. Grant that we may walk by faith and not by sight in the way that leads to eternal life through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Our first reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 20. Genesis 15, 1 through 6. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is the leaser of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited him to him as, as righteousness. We will read now Psalm 33, verses 12 through 22, responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 33, 12 through 22. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope is in his unfailing love. We 
wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. The epistle is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 through 16, and can be found in the Pew Bible on 1874. Hebrews 11, 1 through 16. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well of his uh, offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commanded as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world, and because an heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. 
And so from this one man, and he is good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. God, for he has prepared a city before them or for them. Here is the end of our reading, and this is the word of the Lord. gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke, chapter 12, verses 22 through 40. It can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1618. Glory to you, O Lord. Luke 12, 22 through 40. Luke records this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap, and they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink, and do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, 
and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because we know that nothing good comes from any other source. So once again, in the name of Jesus. I've been looking forward to this day for a really long time, and I want to thank you again for giving me this opportunity to be a servant of God and and for all of us, the opportunity to see yet another little one come and, and be part of God's holy family and power that was given to us all by what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It's no small thing. It matters. And thank you, Adam and Kara, thank you. And Frank and Sue, thank you. Thank you for this honor. And thank you, girls. You're doing great. Many years ago... I came across a poem. It's more like a parable. Uh, it was written a long time ago, somewhere around 1987. And at 1987, I was just out of college, and the last thing on my mind would be of any kind of matters of the heart like this. The first time I read this poem or parable was, in public anyways, was at uh, the memorial service for our son Graham a little over 10 years ago. And I read it here today, and I'm almost certain, Kara and Adam, you've, you've heard it before. I hope you don't hate it. 
And some of you might have heard it, but I want you to listen because it, it applies to all of us. It's called Welcome to Holland. This woman writes that I am often asked to describe the experience of raising a child with a disability. And I crossed that out and I said, because Tracy and I have learned these children are differently abled. Differently abled. And she was writing to help people, to help them uh, who have not shared that unique experience, to understand it, to imagine how it feels. And she writes, it's kind of like this. When you're going to have a baby, it's like planning a fabulous vacation trip, perhaps to Italy, and you buy a bunch of guidebooks and you make your wonderful plans, the Colosseum, the Michelangelo, the Davide, that's David, but I took Italian once, the gondolas in Venice, you may learn some handy phrases in Italian, and it's all very exciting. And after months of eager anticipation, the day finally arrives, and you pack your bags and off you go. And several hours later, the plane lands. <coughs> Excuse me. The stewardess comes in and says, Welcome to Holland. Holland, you say? What do you mean, Holland? I signed up for Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy. All my life, I've dreamed of going to Italy. But there's been a change in the flight plan, and they've, they've landed in Holland, and, and there you must stay. Yeah, baby, I know. It feels like Holland right now, doesn't it? The important thing is that they haven't taken you to some horrible, disgusting, filthy place. They haven't taken to you a place full of pestilence, famine, and disease. It's just a different place. So you must go out and you must buy a new guidebook and, and you must learn a whole new language and you will meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. It's a different place. It's slower paced than Italy. It's less flashy than Italy. But after you've been there for a while, and you catch your breath, you look around, and you begin to notice that Holland has windmills, and Holland has tulips, and Holland even has Rembrandts. But everyone you know is busy coming and going from Italy, and they're all bragging about what a wonderful time they had there. And for the rest of your life, you will say, yes, that's, you just got me. That's where I'm supposed to be. That's where I'm supposed to go. And that's what I had planned. And the pain of that will never, ever go away. Because the loss of that dream is a very significant loss. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to go to Italy, you might never 
be free to enjoy the very special, the very lovely, the wonderful things about Holland. In our scripture today, Jesus is talking to his disciples and others that would hear. And he says to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life and what you will eat or about your body or what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey guys, don't plan your trip to Italy. Don't get the tour guide. Don't ask other tourists about what you should do and how things are in Italy. Because he's saying, you're not going to Italy. Well, at least yet. It's, it's uh, not, not where you think you're going to go. It's not where you want to go. It's where God has you planned to go. And, and in what he's telling us, and we know the end of the story, that our destination, their destination, is even better than Italy. He's telling them that you may be going to Holland. He's telling them that at times, and he's telling us that, that, that we know where we find ourselves, it doesn't really even feel as good as Holland. Sometimes it feels like Death Valley or, or Fresno. They're kind of similar. I live there, so I feel free to slam it. And so when these kind of things happen to them and these kind of things happen to us, we can't help but say, but Lord, I'm scared. What do I do? And he answers that. He says, consider the ravens. He says, they don't sow or reap. They don't plant, right? They're not farmers. And yet uh, the Lord takes care of them. And why did he do this? Why did Jesus use this, this simile here? Well, there was a rabbinic way of teaching where they made a point, a small point, in order to boost an even bigger point. So he took a raven, a wild bird, and in Old Testament uh, viewpoint, ravens were dirty birds. They were unclean. And so Jesus is saying, these dirty birds, God is taking care of them. How much more are you of value to God than that dirty, filthy bird? He's got it covered. And so we know that at least the very least that's true is that if he's taking care of filthy birds, then surely he's providing for us a lot better than the birds. The next part of the scripture that we read, it comes to talking about worry. Did you remember that part? Worry, can you, can you add any time to your life by worry? You remember hearing that? And then he even says something, he goes, if you can't even take care of that small thing, why do you worry about anything else, right? And I'll just give you a little country language here to explain that one, and it's true. That worry is much like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it certainly doesn't get you anywhere. And yet we worry. Jesus says again, 
how much more valuable, valuable are you than the birds who by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? And yet we do. And he says, consider this. Consider the wild flowers, how they grow, that they don't labor, and they don't spin. And he says, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. We know that Solomon was the great builder. He was the wisest man to ever live. And when asked by God what he wanted, Solomon didn't answer him or ask him for wealth. He didn't ask him for long life. He didn't even ask him for the destruction of his enemies. Solomon asked for a listening heart. The Hebrew word for that is le-shomea. And we know that Solomon was given that heart. We know that that heart was a heart that was in tune with God. And we also know that he was given wisdom and wealth and even dominion over his enemies. The point is, is that God provided these things. It was his good pleasure to provide for his children. It's his good pleasure to provide for you. So when we find ourselves in Holland, At least when I found myself in Holland and Tracy herself, I, I, I did pray this prayer to God. Lord, and I thought I really, I have to be honest with you, I thought I was twisting his arm. You know, I thought, well, you know, it's worked for Solomon, it'll work for me. And it did. I asked him to give me a heart, a heart that could see, a heart that could hear, a heart that would long after him. And he honored it. And you've heard me say that many times when we pray those exact things. Give me a heart that has eyes attached to it. Give me a heart that has ears attached to it. Give me a heart, Father, that longs after you. Why? Because as I said earlier, and nothing good can come from any other source than Jesus. And nothing good can come from any source here on earth. And so, whether I realized it or not, and, and I'm, I'm awfully glad that the Spirit directed me towards that because I didn't get it. I said, oh, I've got to ask for something. And I asked for that, and he gave it. So what does that do? What does that do for somebody that's in Holland? Well, Karen, Adam, this part is for you. There are times when in our walk when we were pretty mad at God. I cursed him. I fired him once. I did. On the way home from the hospital, I fired him. I said, I don't need you. You're not here. You're not in the mix of this. What do you got against this little boy? What do you got against this woman? 
I can understand what you got against me because I'm a filthy sinner. I understand that. But they didn't do anything. I said, I don't want you anymore. I don't need you. Just get out of my life. A little bit later, and it's amazing, you know, in my office we were sharing how God, these little God coincidences, you know, and he brings people in our lives. And Well, God brought uh, a wonderful man from a doctor at uh, Children's Hospital, Orange County. He called me at 12 o'clock at night, and he called twice, the sec- and he left a, a message the first time. The second time I picked up, and he said who he was, and he said, Ken, I left a voicemail. Actually, I left a prayer on your, on your voicemail. And, and, and I don't want you to think I'm nuts. Here's a man that was in tune with God. Here's a man that that prayer, that, that prayer for a Leishomea heart, a heart with ears attached. He heard God. And he said, Can I? God spoke to me. And he said that I needed to call you and I needed to tell you this. That God said to tell you that he's never left you. He's with you always. And I said, oh, sugar. He goes, what? I said, Ray, so I just fired God. He goes, well, he didn't empty his desk, and he's not taking everything out in boxes. He's still there. He's still your Lord. So he gave me that good gift. God's going to give you some good gifts. Kara, some good gifts. Adam, he already has. If you ask him, and you probably already have, but he's going to give you that heart that you didn't believe could grow so big in love and understanding and the ability to see him in the mix of all things. He's going to give you a heart that is soft and loving and vulnerable. And he's going to give that heart to you for you to share, yes, with your children and your family, but for others that have walked or are walking this path that you find yourself in. That's, if I can find any purpose in these times of being in Holland, is to help other people that find themselves in Holland as well, to comfort them. It's not a job you would have signed up for, but it is the toughest job that you will ever love. And for Frank and Sue, I got a little something for you too. God gives us eyes to see kind of through his heart and through his eyes. We know that by our own children that we grieve when they grieve and we hurt when they hurt. And, and we even <clears throat> may make a deal, I know I have, take me. Put this on me. And that's exactly what the father did when he sent his son to rescue him. God gives us eyes to see we grieve for our children. How much more does he grieve for us? We'd give anything for our children to rescue them, to save them, to fix them. How much more will he give to us? I'll tell you what he gives to us, and this is what we celebrate today. What he gives to us is, well, firstly, his son, Christ and him crucified, and that's it. We don't add anything to it. We don't take anything more to it. It isn't about being good. It's about him who was good, 
for us. He gives us another gift that we get to participate in today. Beautiful gift. The gift of baptism. And in this water, Paul tells us that surely we died a death like Christ's. And then there's that beautiful promise, and that is surely we will be resurrected in a resurrection like his. Better than Italy. Better than Italy. We know that. It's the not yet but we're getting it someday. And that's where we find our hope. Beautiful. We know that in our baptism, combined with the word, the water, the Holy Spirit, and the faith of that little one, that the Holy Spirit comes upon her, came upon all of you. You were made new. You received the Spirit at that moment. That's a gift of a father. That's being clothed in his son, brighter and more beautiful than the lilies in the field or Solomon himself. That assures you of a destination better than anywhere on earth. And yet he doesn't Leave us or forsake us like a good father does not. He promises to be with us always. And he promises to meet us even this very day. And we're going to enjoy another sacrament here. The holy sacrament of the altar where Jesus says, come. This is my body given for you. Come. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you. This is where we come up here and we meet Jesus. And I'm excited, and I'm happy, and I'm grateful. How about you? In the name of Jesus, amen. this time, I would like to invite the family 
and Addison and her sponsors to come on up to the baptismal font. And I'm going to have you all kind of stand that way because you're the ones everyone came to see. You're a big help. You are. And in your bulletin, there is uh, this insert, and I'd like for you to pull that out and follow along. This is where we will be confessing our faith after the baptism uh, to the words of, well, the Apostles' Creed. So you get to participate. Hi, beautiful. I love that smile. In holy baptism, our gracious Heavenly Father liberates us from sin and death by joining us to a death and a resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are born children of a fallen humanity. In the waters of baptism, we are reborn children of God and inheritors of eternal life. And by water and the word, we are made members of the Christian church, which is the body of Christ. And as we live in him and he in us, we grow in faith and love and obedience to the will of God. The sponsors here today are Kenneth Kola, I can, and Patty Peterson. Good to see you, Patty. Side note, Ken, you know what the word, the name Ken means? It's handsome. And wise. So, buddy, it's like looking in a mirror. You know what I'm saying? All right. Sorry. You're okay. You're doing good. All right. So, this is the part that you two get to participate in where it says S for the sponsors on a one and a two and a three. In Christian love, you have presented Addison for holy baptism. You should therefore faithfully bring her to the services of God's house and teach her the Lord's Prayer, the creeds, and the Ten Commandments. And as she grows in years, you should place in her hands the Holy Scriptures and provide for her instruction in the Christian faith that, living in her baptism and in communion with the church, she may lead a godly life until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you promise to fulfill these obligations? And you get to help. Okay? You get to pray with your sister and you get to read the Bible to her. Will you do that? Make a promise? High five? All right. Okay. That part's not in the service, but I added it there. The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Holy God, mighty Lord, gracious Father, we give you thanks for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters and you created heaven and earth. And by the gift of water you nourish and sustain us and all living things. And by the waters of the flood you condemn the wicked and save those whom you had chosen, Noah and his family. 
You led Israel by a pillar of cloud and fire through the sea and out of slavery into the freedom of the promised land. And in the waters of the Jordan, your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Spirit. And by the baptism of his own death and resurrection, your beloved son has set us free from the bondage to sin and death and has opened the way to the joy and freedom of everlasting life. He made water a sign of the kingdom and of cleansing and rebirth. In obedience to his command, we make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit, so that Addison, who is here to be baptized, may be given a new life. Wash away the sin of Addison, cleansed by this water, and bring her forth as inheritors of your glorious kingdom. To you be given praise and honor and worship through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Now this is the part where I get to address you guys, so... All right, listen up. Here we go. I ask you to profess your faith in Jesus Christ, to reject sin and confess the faith of the church, the faith in which we baptize. Do you renounce all forces of evil, the devil, and all his empty promises? If so, say, I do. Right. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He was conceived by the power of the Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered in the Pontius Pilate, and was crucified by God and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy God, the Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of us. Okay, baby, I'm going to, can I hold her? Is she let me? Okay, well, I'm going to go under the arms first. What's that now? How buff? Oh, well, see, you know, it's really funny because for years I would stand like this with no baby in my hand, but I noticed you rocking, and it was almost like a Pavlov. I'm like, mm-hmm, you are perfect. Does that, yeah, you like that? Yeah. Well, we're going to put a little water on you, and I kind of think you might think that's not so cool. I wish I had some pasta for you. And maybe, what's her favorite sauce? Macaroni, mac and cheese girl. Okay, well, I dig that too. I wish I had some for you, but I got some living water that I'm going to splash on you, okay? So, Addison, I baptize you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name Holy Spirit, amen. 
man. Now, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for freeing your sons and daughters from the power of sin and for raising them up to a new life through this holy sacrament. Yeah. Pour your Holy Spirit upon Addison. The spirit of wisdom, yep, and of understanding, and the spirit of counsel, I need those to read, and the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of joy in your presence. And I know that's, you're just pure joy. Yep. Yeah, amen. That's fun, huh? You know, we can hang out other times, too, if you want. Yeah. You want to get on this, too? Okay, baby. You're a big helper. Okay, well, I'll let you touch my beard a little later. So we said amen, and then I said, Addison, child of God, you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, and you have been marked by the cross. Addison, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Amen. Uncle Kenny, I got a favor to ask here. I know I like to do that too. Go ahead. Would you... I should have done this beforehand. There we go. Can you unwrap that? And would you go up and light that candle? And the reason that we light the candle is today is a birthday. And it's the day that you were born of the Spirit, that you were born into the family of God. And so on every August 11th, when I celebrate my birthday, I'll think of your birthday, and maybe I'll give you a call, and I'll say, Happy Birthday, Addison. And you'll say, That poor old Pastor Ken, that's not my birthday. And I'll say, Yes, it's your baptism birthday. Okay? We have a deal? All righty. <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you. <laughs> Oh, God, the giver of all life, look with kindness upon the father and mother of this precious child. Let them ever rejoice in the gift that you have given them and make them teachers and examples of righteousness for their child. Strengthen them in their own baptism so that they may share eternally with their child the salvation that you have given them through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Through baptism, God has made Addison a member of the priesthood. Yow. And we all share in Jesus Christ that we may proclaim, I know, huh? that we may proclaim the praise of God and bear his creative, redeeming word to all the world. Amen.
everybody. I would like to introduce you to the newest daughter of the living God. This is Addison. Addison, these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Kenny, I'll let you blow that out, and I should have done this a little earlier, but there you go. I have sons, so I don't, I don't know the, the girly things. There we go. Now you look great, even better. Mama, here you go. You got her? Okay. Where's the cake? The cake is outside. I was wondering the same thing. I think it's outside. Will you hold this for me and make sure that you give that to your grandpa? so that he can hold on to it. Thank you, dear. And Kenny, do they call you Kenny ever? That's all of my old cousins do. I know it's somebody from family. So Kenneth, that's what I get called when I'm in trouble. Ken, <laughs> there is a certificate for you. Patty, thank you, my friend. And this is for Addie, but Dad, I'm going to let you hold on to that for her. And I want to thank you one more time. Welcome this family. Okay, in a little bit, I'll finish it up, I promise, real quick, okay? Thank you, God bless. Will you please stand? Let us now pray for all and those in according to their needs, having the assurance of all things hoped for and with the conviction of all things not yet seen, we come, O Lord, before your throne with prayers for ourselves and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we have heard through your word of the saints of old whose faith was vindicated and whose trust was placed in your promise. Deliver us from every doubt and fear, error, and pride that we too may be steadfast in hope with them, their sons and daughters by faith, as you are not ashamed to be called our God, teach us to not be ashamed to be called your people. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have clothed us with your mercy and delivered us from our sins that we may be your own and live under you and your kingdom forever. Place your blessing upon the proclamation of your word and prosper the work of all pastors and church workers in their various callings. Bless those being called to your service and those preparing for church work vocations. We ask especially for you to bless all seminaries and those who teach and learn your word therein. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we, we are weak and powerless apart from you. And defend us, please against all our enemies, and bless our nation and those who lead us, especially our president, our governor, Congress, legislature, and all judges and magistrates. Make them wise and endow them with a good heart that they may seek justice and show mercy, especially on behalf of all those who are least able to defend themselves. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, 
Heavenly Father, you know our needs before we ask, and yet you invite us to pray for health and healing, comfort and consolation, and peace at the last. Deliver from suffering those who are sick right now and bring the healthful spirit of your grace to all who cry out, all who cry out to you for mercy, especially those that we name on our hearts or out loud to you. Grant us the perfect consummation of our hope and the full healing of body and soul when at last your Son comes in his glory to deliver us to you forevermore. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we have come at your bidding to the table in Christ that Christ has prepared for us to receive the testament of his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins and for the assurance of our faith. Bring us to repentance that no sin may accuse us or prevent us from communing worthily upon his flesh and blood for the life of the world. Lord, in your mercy. It is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, knowing that you will hear the prayers of your people and answer us with your mercy providing all things needful and beneficial to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace.
stand. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all Sorry, I lost my place here. This is what happens when you let your pastor go away on vacation. All right. This is an easy one. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is. Indeed, right and salutary, that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened up to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, We praise your name and join their unending In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people. For the forgiveness of sins, do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death and his resurrection and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus taught to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. This is a glorious gift that he's given us. And this gift is for all baptized believers who have confessed their faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I heard you all do it. So come. The table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Will you please stand? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is Great is Thy Faithfulness. Thank you.